Today, our Bible study will be from the book of John, chapter 9. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for another beautiful day of life. We thank you for going to the cross. We thank you for your precious word. We thank you for the opportunity to open your Bible today and study your word and that your Holy Spirit would be with us. Lord, that you'd please guide my tongue as we delve into your word and as we study this passage of scripture. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. John chapter 9. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation, sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes, and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore, said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They say unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him, that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him, he shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents, because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already, that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, He is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing, that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshipper of God, 
and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words, and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. This is a very powerful passage of Scripture. At the end of chapter 8, in the Gospel of John, the Jews had sought to kill Jesus. So now he's immediately confronted with the issue, this man is blind, and he was blind from birth. This is a very important point, because in the Jewish culture, they knew since the beginning of the world, since the beginning of time, going all the way back to Adam and Eve, that no man that was truly born blind had ever been given the gift of sight. And only Messiah could do this miracle. So if somebody was truly born blind from birth and they were miraculously given their sight, only Messiah could do that miracle. And the Jews knew this. So when Jesus did this great miracle and healed this blind man, who under all of this testimony was shown to be blind from birth, he indeed proved he was the Messiah. He was the king. He was God in the flesh. And the Jews, the Pharisees, they were confronted with this decision. Were they going to receive Jesus as their Messiah? Or were they going to reject him and continue in their ways, which was the law, the law of Moses? And we have four points in our lesson today. The first point is God's divine mercy. Jesus gave special attention to this blind man, just as he gives special attention to all of us. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And what's really nice about this story, which is interesting, is this man was physically blind and he was healed. And this is a picture of Jesus being able to heal us that are spiritually blind. We're blinded to the ways of the world and to the ways of sin and to the passage that we're walking in the spirit world into death and hell. And only through Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Only through Jesus can we come into the spiritual brightness of the Lord. And we're going to look at some of these points in greater detail. John 9.1 And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from birth. We have to envision in our mind, wherever Jesus went, there were great crowds. Literally, there were his disciples following him and many people that were surrounding him. And he was walking and he saw this blind man. Blind men would typically have a place where they would sit down and beg. And that was their means of making a living, begging. This blind man, even though he couldn't see, he could hear. Envision in your mind this blind man sitting there and in the distance, this crowd that starts to walk to him. And it, the crowd gets closer to him and closer to him. And it says Jesus walked up to him. John eight fifty eight and 59, the end of uh, chapter 8, it shows the crowd wanted to kill Jesus. It said, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. So this event is right after some in the crowd had tried to kill Jesus when he was in the temple. Now he sees this blind man, 
And he's with his disciples, and certainly there would be other people with him, and this blind man can hear him coming up to him. John 9.2 And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? There are many passages in the old scripture that point to the sins of the father being passed on to the sons and to the future generations. For example, Numbers 14.18 says, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation. So the disciples said to Jesus, Who did sin, this man or his parents? They were under the assumption that because this man had this birth defect, certainly there was sin involved. Jesus says in John 9, 3, Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. The works of God should be made manifest in all of us. The purpose that every one of us is here on the earth that we were born is to bring glory to God and his kingdom. The reason we're here is that the works of God should be made manifest in us. Everybody that becomes a Christian, the works of God are certainly made manifest in them. But even people who deny Christ, people who go to the judgment seat lost, people who are eventually banished into the lake of fire, the works of God are still manifest in them. Sad, but true. The works of God are manifest in them. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. All of us are sinners, so in the spirit world we're all defective. But this man's being born blind from birth was for God's glory. John 9.4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. All of us have a foreordained path that we should walk in. And as we walk in the path that God has given us, he presents his grace of salvation to us. And each one of us during our lifetime will have to make a decision. Will we honor the Lord and receive his free gift of salvation? Or will we continue in rebellion on the path to hell? Jesus is saying here, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Our lifetime is our daytime. The night comes, all of us will die. And when we die, we can no longer work for the kingdom. So we must do the works of him, the Father, that sent us as Jesus was the pattern for us while it is day. Ask yourself, listener, are you serving the king today while it is daylight? Because all of us eventually will come to that point when we die. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. We all will go to the grave, and the grave is empty. We can no longer serve the king. Let's serve Jesus while we have life and light. John 9.5, Jesus said, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. This blind man is hearing Jesus say this. He's hearing the voice of God. He can't see Jesus standing in front of him, but he can hear his voice. John 12.46, Jesus said, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. If you are not saved, you are spiritually in darkness. But you can come into the light. You can receive Jesus as your Lord, God, and Savior. Back to the story in John 9, 6. When Jesus had spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Now why Jesus bent down and made this spittle, clay and mix it together and then he took his fingers and anointed the eyes of the blind man he literally rubbed it into his eyes onto his face why jesus did this the commentaries uh, people have studied this issue for many years and there's there's no consensus perhaps because we're all made of dust and unto dust we will return but there's no particular reason given in scriptures why jesus did it however he did do it this way Matthew twenty eight eighteen, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus has all the power. 
So if he decided to heal this blind man by making clay and spittle and rubbing it on his eyes, we are not to question that. But he does do this. And you have to consider the position of this blind man. He is the center of attention of all of these people. And this man, Jesus, who he does not yet know as God, has just rubbed clay of spittle on his eyes. And there's many people watching this. And perhaps his little begging cup is getting lots of money today. The disciples, people would be looking at him. And this man has never been the center of this much attention, perhaps in all of his life. He hears the crowd around him and he feels Jesus rubbing this clay and spittle on his eyes and he hears his voice. He's heard all of the things that have been going on. And he also hears that Jesus does not condemn him. Jesus said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents. So there's no condemnation in Christ's voice as he speaks to him. In John 9, 7, Jesus says to the blind man, Go to the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. This is a powerful verse. Jesus says, go wash. Now this blind man has a decision to make. He could have just stayed there thinking, wow, I'm getting lots of money today. I think I will continue and just stay here and see how much money I can get from this crowd. But he doesn't. There is something in him that motivates him to listen to this voice of Jesus who says, go and wash. Which one of us have not listened to the voice of Jesus? Perhaps he has spoken to us today and we're saying, no, we don't want to hear him. This blind man is a good example. He listens because it says he went his way and washed and came seeing. He was sent by Jesus and Jesus was sent. 1 John 4, 14. It says, we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Jesus was sent to be the Savior of the world, and Jesus sent the blind man to go wash. And it says, he washed and came seeing. Now, just imagine the joy of this blind man. He has his sight. For the first time, he sees the people that he's been friends with all of his life. For the first time, he can see that bird flying. He's heard it chirping in the morning. Now he sees it. He knows what a dog looks like that's been barking. He can pick up a tomato and see that it's red, a cucumber, that it's green. I can just imagine he came out of that water shouting for joy. And all of the people at the Pool of Siloam would have seen him. There would have been certain people who had followed him there to wash. And don't you know that he would have ran home and ran into the house? Mama, Daddy! I can see. And for the first time, he would be able to see what his mama looked like and what his daddy looked like, what his house looked like, his bedroom. He would have had so much joy that day. And can't you imagine his parents would be rejoicing? His neighbors would be rejoicing. He would have such joy in the house that day. And the word of this miracle, it would have quickly spread in that local community. The second point we're going to look at today is God's divine power. The first point was God's divine mercy. The second point is God's divine power. And Jesus can heal our spiritual blindness because of his divine power. John 9, 8. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? So the neighbors, they see this blind man and now he can see. And they're thinking, Hmm, wasn't this the man that was born blind that was here in our neighborhood? Certainly, we know the people in our neighborhood, but some people we know close, some of our neighbors we don't really have a good relationship with. Psalm 18.6 says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my Lord. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. This blind man was made well. He could see again. His sight was restored. Listener, if you have an issue right now in your life, you can cry unto the Lord and he will hear your voice. John 9, 9 says, And some said, This is he. Others said, it, He is like him. But he said, I am he. So some of the neighbors said, This is him. Yeah, this is the blind man. He can see. Others said, No, no, it's somebody who looks like him. But the blind man himself testified, No, I am the man who was blind 
and now I can see. Verse 9:10. Therefore they said unto him, How were your eyes opened? Don't you think everybody that knew him would ask this question? How were your eyes opened? So he becomes a witness for Christ. Verse 9:11. He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. So now the blind man is saying that a man called Jesus did this to him, made the clay, anointed his eyes and told him to go and wash. See, he's, he's calling Jesus a man. We will see on his progression, next he will call Jesus a prophet. And then he honors Jesus as his Lord, God and Savior and worships. All of us have this confrontation with God during our lifetime. Most of us, we start out thinking Jesus is just a man when we learn about Jesus. And then many of the things that we realize about Jesus, he's holy. That comes true to us, clear in our mind, that God is holy. And then we are confronted with this holiness of Christ. And what will we do? Will we receive it and him as Lord God and Savior or will we reject it? Think about Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God, because no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. On his path, he came to Jesus and knew he was a holy man. The same thing with the, the Samaritan woman at the well. At first, she talks to Jesus as a man. When Jesus says, you were married five times, and the man you're with is not your husband, she said, I perceive thou art a prophet. And later on, when Jesus explains she needs to drink of the water of life, she receives Jesus as God, the Messiah, and runs back to the village to tell all of the men, and many people come out and get saved. Proverbs 4.18, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. This man received his sight, and because Jesus is the light of the world, and the path of the just is as a shining light. Once we receive the power of the Holy Ghost, once we are redeemed, once we come into the kingdom, now we become the salt of the earth. We become, because the Holy Spirit works through us, part of God's shining light, a witness for God's testimony, and our mission is to go and share the gospel, the good news with the people we meet. John nine twelve. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. So the neighbors are asking this, the blind man who can now see, where is this man named Jesus? And his answer is, I don't know. I heard his voice when I was begging this morning and I listened to him, but where he is as of right now, I don't know. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says, and ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. God is there and he's available to us if we search for him. Are you searching for Jesus today? John 9.13, this is a new setting in this story. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. You wonder why they would take the blind man who can now see and take him to the Pharisees. Why would they bring him to the religious leaders? Why wouldn't they just enjoy the moment? The issue here is because he was born blind and now he can see many of these neighbors, they're religious. They understand the gospel that they had been taught since they were children. And if this man truly was born blind and many of them knew him as a baby, then by receiving his sight and the man who gave him his sight would be the Messiah. So they're going to take the blind man who can now see to the Pharisees and confront them with this issue. Was he truly given his sight by God, by the Messiah? 9.14, and it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. From the Pharisees' point of view, Jesus had broken their law. He had done a miracle on the Sabbath day, and you were not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath day. Something like healing the blind from their warped perspective, he could have done that the next day on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday. He should not have done it on the Sabbath day. Mark chapter 2, verse 27 and 28, Jesus said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. If Jesus wants to heal on the Sabbath, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. 
he can do what he will on the Sabbath. And everything that Jesus does is in the Father's will. He fulfills the Father's will completely and perfectly. And Jesus cannot sin because he's God. God cannot sin. So anything Jesus does on the Sabbath is for the glory of God. And the Pharisees do not understand that. John 9, 15. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed, and I do see. So here again, this man who received his sight is explaining the process by which he received the sight. And he says, Jesus put clay on mine eyes. He's explaining the process, but it was on the Sabbath. John 5, 16 says, And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. This is not the only miracle that Jesus had done on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day is just one out of the seven days of the week. Jesus did miracles every day that he was in public. So it didn't matter if it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Jesus was going to do miracles because those miracles were in the will of the Father. And yet it says, therefore the Jews set out to persecute Jesus and they sought to slay him. They wanted to kill him. Why? Because he had done these good miracle deeds on the Sabbath day. You can see how, from man's perspective, how warped that is. John 9, 16. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keeps not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man, that is a sinner, do such miracles? And there was a division among them. So some of the people, they're, they're divided into two groups. Some of the people are saying, This man is not of God. He's not keeping the law. And the other group is saying, how can he not be of God if he's doing such a great miracle? 9.17, they say unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him that he has opened thine eyes? And the blind man, now he answers and says, he is a prophet. Before he answered and said, Jesus is a man. And now he's starting to get focus on the holiness of God. And he's saying he's a prophet. Prophets are closer to God than mere men because they're designated, they're ordained to do the work of God. And the blind man says he is a prophet. John 9, 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called his parents of him that had received his sight. The Pharisees, they're saying, no, no, no. This man was not born blind. Perhaps he had an accident when he was nine or 10 and he was made blind after he was born. Because anybody that was healed that had become blind during their lifetime didn't qualify you. If you received your sight, that was a quote-unquote normal miracle. Only the Messiah could heal somebody born blind. So now they're calling the parents. They want to have somebody testify that indeed this man was born blind. John nine nineteen, And they asked his parents saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? So now the parents are in front of the Pharisees. John 9.20 His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. They testify that yes, this is our son and yes, he was born blind. Now the Pharisees have the facts from the witnesses who know best that this child was born blind. John 9.21 But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who has opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him, and he shall speak for himself. Now we see the parents, they're starting to distance themselves from their son. It makes you wonder, why would they do that? The Bible does say in the next verse, 9.22, These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess he was a Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. But it makes you wonder, how much parents loved their son. It's almost like they're distancing themselves from him and saying, he's of age, ask him. We don't want to get in trouble. We don't want to be put out of the synagogue. From their point of view, their religion was more important than their child, than their blood relationship. That happens many times on the reverse. Somebody might be saved, and when they witness to their family, their family members push them away. However, this is the reverse of that. The parents are religious and now their son 
who is on his path to salvation, they're distancing themselves from him because they don't want to lose their position in their church, in their synagogue. 9.23, therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. In John 12.42, we have the setting, nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Three chapters later in the book of John, it says many of the chief rulers believed on Jesus, but they weren't willing to acknowledge him openly because of the Pharisees. They did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. We don't know if the blind man's parents were saved, but we know like these chief priests, they were afraid to acknowledge publicly that Jesus was God because they didn't want to lose their position in the synagogue. John 9.24 Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man Jesus is a sinner. Look at the blasphemy in this sentence. The Pharisees are saying to the blind man, Give God the praise. That's true. Give God the praise. We know that this man Jesus is a sinner. They're saying give God the praise. And in the same sentence, they say that we know this man is a sinner. They've already decided that Jesus sinned by breaking the Sabbath law. Luke 12.10 says, And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. Luke 12.10 addresses this issue of the unforgivable sin. And the Pharisees are tiptoeing along that line. They're speaking against Jesus. But of course, Jesus is the Holy Spirit. Whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemes the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. And they were walking a very close line along that unforgivable sin. John 9.25 The blind man answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. They're asking him again about Jesus. It's almost like he's on the witness stand in a court of law, having to give testimony, and they're looking for him to make a mistake. And he says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. All that I know is this morning, I was blind, and now I can see. 1 John 5.10 He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. If Jesus is your Lord, God, and Savior, today he's living in you. And if you believe on the Son of God, then you have a witness in you that Jesus is God. This man that was made blind, he's not yet saved, but already he has the witness showing forth. He's in the path of life on his way to being redeemed and saved. John 9.26, Then said they unto him again, What did he do to thee? How opened he his eyes? So they're, they're asking him again, how did he open your eyes? John 9, 27, he answered them, I have told you already, and you did not hear. Wherefore, would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? You can hear a little bit of frustration in his voice. He's already told his parents, his neighbors. He told the Pharisees, and now they're asking him again, kind of like under cross-examination. And he's saying, I have told you already, and you did not hear. And now he kind of jabs them a little bit, not mocking, but he says to them, will you also be his disciples? He knows they don't want to hear that. So he's kind of like giving it back to them a little bit. Luke twenty-two sixty-six and verse 67 says, and as soon as it was day, the elders of the people and the chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into their council saying, art thou Christ? Tell us. And he said unto them, if I tell you, you will not believe. The setting here in Luke 22 is right before Jesus' crucifixion, when he was brought before the elders and the chief priests. It says, and as soon as it was day, the elders and the people and the chief priests and the scribes came together, and they led Jesus into their council. And they said, are you the Christ? Look at Jesus' answers and said, if I tell you, you will not believe. And the blind man is kind of paralleling that passage. He's saying, I have already told you, and you do not hear. Many times we share the gospel with people and they just do not want to hear. They know it's the truth, 
but they would rather have their sin than come under the submission of the Lord God. Verse 9, 28. Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. Reviled means they were looking down on him. They disrespected him. And they were getting a little bit angry with him at this point. And they said, You are this man's disciple. You are Jesus' disciple. But we are Moses' disciple. Jesus is grace. Moses is the law. No one can keep the law. And yet these Pharisees are choosing here to follow Moses and his law. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done. There's no way we can work our way into heaven. And that means these Pharisees, they're continuing by following Moses' law on the path into hell. Isaiah 51.7 says, Hearken unto me, you that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. If you're saved today, don't be afraid of what man can do. They can only kill the body. Only Christ can kill the body and cast the soul into hell. Fear God. Fear Jesus. John 9.29 Here again, these are the Pharisees speaking to the blind man. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, this man Jesus, we know not from whence he is. We don't know where he came from. John 1.17 says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. They're saying they don't know where Jesus came from. Jesus came from heaven. The Father sent the Son from heaven. And they're giving their own personal testimony. They don't know where Jesus came from. They are lost. John 9.30, The man answered and said unto them, Why, herein is a marvelous thing, that you know not from whence he is, and yet... He has opened mine eyes. You don't know where Jesus came from. And yet he did this great miracle. Mark 6, 6 says, And he marveled, this is Jesus, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. Jesus marvels at two things in the Gospels. He marveled when the centurion sent the servant to Jesus and said, My servant is sick. And Jesus marveled at his faith. He said, No, have I not found such great faith? No, not in all of Israel. And here he's saying he marveled at their unbelief. Jesus did this awesome miracle. This man, blind from birth, was given sight, and they reject it. He marveled because of their unbelief. John 9.31 Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he hears. This Bible verse has a recipe for getting your prayers answered. It says, if any man be a worshiper of God, you have to be saved to be a worshiper of God. And it says, that doeth his will. Him he hears. If you want to get your prayers answered, you have to worship God in spirit and truth. You have to be saved and you have to do God's will. Psalm 34.15 says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. God hears the cries of his children. His ears are open to their cries. He hears them. You think of the Israelites under punishment being slaves in Egypt. God heard their cries, and he sent Moses to lead them out. John 9.32 Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? This is one of the key verses of this passage. It was not heard... There was never given a testimony of a miracle where any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind. It's never happened before. This is the first time. And the Pharisees are confronted with this issue. Isaiah 29, 14, Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. This was a marvelous work that Jesus did among the people, and the wisdom of their wise men did perish that day. The Pharisees, by trying to do the law, would end up in hell. Their works of righteousness were not the path unto salvation and redemption. The wisdom of their wise men was perished, and the understanding of their prudent men was hid. John 9.33 If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. This blind man who now can see, is talking to the Pharisees and he says, 
If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. And that is so true. John 10, 25, Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Jesus had already said many times he was the Christ. And he said, if you don't believe me for my words, believe me for my works. And this verse, John 10, 25 says, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. John 9, 34, they answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. You can hear the pride in the Pharisee's voice here when they're speaking to this man. They say, thou wast altogether born in sins. They're saying you were blind because you were born in your sins. And do you teach us? We're righteous. You're dirty in sin, but we're clean in our self-righteousness. And they cast him out. Job 14.4 says, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. These men are lost in their sins, these Pharisees. And Job 14.4 says, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? Who can bring redemption out of a lost, dirty, unclean thing before God? Not one. There's no one individual person who will come into heaven because of their own personal righteousness. Only through Jesus' righteousness are we made clean. Only the blood can wash away our sins. The third point here today is God's divine grace. Jesus seeks out the lost and saves the lost sinner. God has divine grace. John 9.35 Jesus heard them that they had cast him out. And when he found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe in the Son of God? We see that this was a great event this day in this local community. The people at the Pool of Siloam were witnesses that this blind man could see in his joy. He went home. His home and neighborhood testified. Then he was brought to the synagogue and all of the people that were involved were witnesses of this discussion and him being cast out by the Pharisees. And now it says Jesus sought him out. It says, and when Jesus found him, he said unto him, do you believe on the son of God? Jesus seeks after the lost every day. His Holy Spirit is talking and teaching all around the world every day. And he's asking the question, do you believe that I am the Son of God? And Jesus was saying to this man who could see, dost thou believe on the Son of God? This blind man had not yet seen Jesus. This is the first time he heard his voice earlier in the day. And now with his eyes, he sees what Jesus looks like. This must have been an amazing event. And you can imagine in your mind all of these people that are following Jesus. And certainly there would still be people that would be following this man who had received his sight. Psalm 2710 says, When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. The Pharisees forsook this man. And we don't know if his parents totally forsook him. They certainly distanced themselves from him between them and the Pharisees, saying he's of age, go ask him. And also, we don't know for sure how old this man was. He's certainly not an old man because his parents would be deceased. He's still living in their household, partly because he was blinded, but he's probably a late teen or early 20s type of man because he was of age. The Jewish man became of age 13, 14 years of age. So he's probably late teens, early 20s, but Psalm 27.10 says, When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. We always have God to rely on, even if our fellow man fails us. John 9.36, He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? This man who had received his sight, he's ready to get saved. And he addresses Jesus as Lord and he says, Who is he that I might believe on him? John 20.31 says, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. These words, the gospel is written that you might believe on Jesus. He is the Son of God. Back to our passage, John nine thirty seven, And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Jesus right here is saying he is the Son of God. 
He is God. Many people say Jesus never claimed to be God in the Bible, in the New Testament. They just haven't read the New Testament. Here, Jesus says, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. In John chapter 11, 25 and 26, Jesus says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Jesus is the resurrection and he is the life if you believe in him. And if you believe in him, you physically will die, but spiritually you never will die. And Jesus ends that passage by saying, Believest thou this? So dear listener, do you believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Back to our story, John 9.38. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. This man who had given his sight said to Jesus, I believe, and he worshiped Jesus. This man at this point comes into the kingdom. Do you see his path? First, Jesus was a man. Then Jesus was a prophet. And now to this man, Jesus is God. He said, I believe, and he worshiped him. He came into the kingdom at that exact point. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This man who had received his sight, he was now part of the peculiar people. He was part of the holy nation. He was part of the royal priesthood. He was part of a chosen generation. Why? Because God called him out of darkness into his marvelous light. The fourth point we're going to look at today, the final point, is God's divine judgment. God's divine judgment. He will judge the spiritually wicked and they will die in their sins. Another setting in this passage from Scripture, John 9, 39. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. This is an interesting verse. Jesus did come in to judge the world. Jesus is the judge of the world. He is the judge because he made it all. Made it. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So since he's the creator, he will also be the judge. But this verse says that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. Matthew eleven twenty five. This is Jesus praying to the Father. He says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. What are these things? These things that are hid from the wise and prudent is the plan of salvation. How do you get saved? And the wise and prudent are the wise of the world. They're the rich politicians, the rich bankers, the powerful people in the, in the religious systems. They're the rich and the famous of our world. God has hid the gospel message from these people, but has revealed them unto babes. We have to come before God humble. We have to let go of our pride. We have to be like a little child in simple faith. That's how we are saved. John 9.40 And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? There are Pharisees that are hearing Jesus preach and they heard these words when Jesus said that they which see not might see and that they which see might be made blind. And the Pharisees are saying, are we blind also? They understand this is a crucial point. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. In whom the God of this world, that's a little g God, that's Satan. Satan is the God of this world. And he has blinded the minds of them which believe not. The people who believe not, their minds are blinded by the ways of the world. They are going after the false light. They're going after to be rich and famous, the big houses, the big cars, the comfortable lifestyle. They're blinded by that way. And they're blinded by the God of this world. And Jesus is the only way. 
He is the true light. John 9, 41. And Jesus said unto the Pharisees, If you were blind, you should have no sin. If you were blind to the ways of the world. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. These people, they said, we see the way, and the way is by keeping the law. And they were blinded and they didn't know it. They were seeing the ways of the world through the eyes of Satan. And that's why God said, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. So Jesus answered these Pharisees and said, yeah, your sin remains. You think you're on your way to heaven, but your sin remains. Revelation 3.17, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. This is Jesus speaking in Revelation to the church at Laodicea. They were rich, but God said, you're poor, blind, and naked. The church thought they had everything going on. They were rich, they increased with goods, and they said, we have no need of anything. And God says, you don't know, you're on your way to hell. And the same way with these Pharisees, they really, they had it all. They were the power brokers in the business community and in the religious system, and yet they were on their way to hell. So we see here in this passage of scripture, very powerful passage, Jesus heals the blind man that was born blind, and only the Messiah could do that. And this truth was brought before the Pharisees, the religious leaders at that time. And they were confronted with the truth, and they had to make a decision. Were they going to receive Jesus through the power of this miracle as proof that he was Messiah and therefore their God? Or were they going to reject and continue in spiritual blindness? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful study from the book of John chapter 9 and how you healed the blind man and how you proved that you were God. And our prayer today is that if somebody is listening to this Bible study and they have not received you as God and Savior, that today would be their day of salvation. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross to die for our sins. And Father, for sending your Son and for your Holy Spirit being with us. We love you, God. Amen.